food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. We can make it better now. Come on, can we do it? We know that we can. We roll it up. Cause we know how to jump. We roll it out. Roll it out. We know how to skate. We'll cut it down. We'll cut it down. We know what to eat. We'll swap it out. Just moving a little and eating better every day can help make you and your kids healthier. Search We Can online to find doable tips and activities that you can use every day. That's We Can, a message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Radio Islam. The nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Pray the peace that only God can give be upon you. Radio Islam family, happy Monday. Happy Monday. For those of you who are listening for the first time, you are listening to Radio Islam. We are a live call-in talk radio program. We air every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central from the beautiful city of Chicago, Illinois. And we are streaming live on www.wcev1450.com. So everybody, if you are on social media, take a minute and stop by whatever your favorite platform is. Well, I shouldn't say that because we're not everywhere, but we are just about everywhere. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at the same username, at Radio Islam USA. Take a moment, like us, follow us. Um, in a few minutes, I'm going to open up our Facebook page, and I will put a post there. So if there's anything that you hear during the course of tonight's discussion that you would like to make a question, uh, pose a question to, or make a comment about, that is a great place to do so. So we'll have that page opened up. 
Also, if you would like to give us a call, feel free to do so at 312-750-1178. That is 312-750-1178. Now, for those of you who are on the computer all the time, you can feel free, even as we are under maintenance and adding new content and taking old things down, you can stop by www.radioislam.com. And there you can see guest bios, articles, and a lot of other cool things. So it's all there waiting for you at www.radioislam.com. And last but not least, make sure that you are getting the podcast. And our episodes, this one right now, will be up tomorrow, inshallah, with God's permission, God willing. It'll be up tomorrow sometime around noon. So you can follow us on SoundCloud, and that is simply at Radio Islam. Uh, And the great thing about SoundCloud, I'm a big fan of SoundCloud, because as you listen and rewind and you hear things that catch your ear, uh, catch your attention, you can pause and you can make a comment at any point throughout the podcast. So whether it's at the two-minute mark or the 20-minute mark, or the 2 minute and 37 second mark, whatever it is, you can make a comment uh, right there. And we also monitor those. We check those out. That's a great way for us to stay in touch with you and for us to know what you're thinking. And, you know, we can we can dialogue off of the air. Uh, what's the next thing I want to talk to you about? It's Monday. It's the beginning of the week. Hope everybody had a great weekend. And for those of you who are in uh, in traffic right now, hope that the traffic is not beating you down too bad and that uh, that you get where you are going safely, right? So I had a pretty busy weekend myself. Uh, the weekends fly by. Uh, wife and I, we took a day trip to Baltimore. Uh, really wasn't a trip, but we were just there for a meeting. We met and we came back home and Sunday... We had the benefit of being able to attend the American Muslim Health Professionals uh, dinner in Bensonville last night, uh, and that was a really, uh, that was a great event. Uh, they do some excellent work. As a matter of fact, uh, their work is related to what we're going to talk about in a second or two uh, on the top half of our, our program tonight. So there was, you know what, I know there was, there was something I was going to uh, share with you guys real quick uh just a just kind of a a bit of i don't want to call it necessarily inspiration just just a word to reflect on okay uh and it's just something i posted earlier this morning uh after fajr prayer uh on on facebook uh and there was some replies to it that i felt well maybe i should go ahead and share it with the with the radio islam family So here it is. It says, like a cell in the human body, each soul has been given a divine path unique to itself and necessary for the overall health and well-being of the body it resides in, the family it's raised in, and the community it supports and receives support from. So the question is, has my life's direction brought health and well-being to my life, my family's life, my community's life, and so on. If the answer is yes, then we might be, or the answer is no, 
uh, then we might be on someone else's path and not the one God designed for us. So it's always important for us to be mindful that um, as we are told uh, in the Quran that each soul is, is turned to a particular direction. So we all have a particular mission, a particular uh, outlook, a particular path uh, that when we walk, we are walking in the, uh, in the highest uh, expression and the highest awareness of, um, of God. So just something for us to be mindful of. So I uh, came across a story earlier today that I found uh, it, it really was it was it was extremely disturbing. Um, and it's dealing with is dealing with mental health or it alludes to mental health, mental health. So this was courtesy of uh, NBC Washington. So I'm going to share this with you. So it says a young graduate student was killed over the weekend after a 12 year old boy attempting to commit suicide jumped over a local overpass and landed on her car. Virginia police, Virginia State Police say Marissa Harris, 22, from Olney, Maryland, was driving east on Interstate 66 when the child jumped from the Cedar Lane overpass and landed on her Ford Escape. Initially, the jump left Harris incapacitated, but Harris' boyfriend, who was sitting on the passenger side of the SUV at the time of the incident, managed to steer the vehicle to the side of the road. Harris, a graduate student at Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia, died at the scene. The child survived and was rushed to the hospital with life-threatening injuries. Police are investigating the jump as an attempted suicide, is according to NBC. So first and foremost, we offer uh, our prayers, um, our sincere prayers to both families who have, who have lost, uh, well, uh, to the family of the young lady uh, first who has lost, they have lost her and to the family of the young boy who for whatever reason thought that ending his life was the answer to the problems uh, that, that he was going through uh, and you probably have heard before uh, as I have that suicide it's described as a permanent, permanent solution to a temporary problem. Um, but the reality is when people don't have the support, the, uh, the help that they need, when they are not uh, diagnosed, when they're not in situations where they, where they can get the help that they need, then oftentimes they will look to the permanent solution to a temporary problem, and it is, uh, it is unfortunate. So this 12-year-old, the fact that this was a 12-year-old, um, oh, and before I go on, I should note that this, this young lady uh, whose life was ended was actually, uh, she was actually working, uh, I believe, on a graduate degree uh, that would have put her in contact with troubled youth, uh, where she would have been one of those one of those resources uh, that we so uh, desperately need and, and treasure more uh, now more than ever because these these instances of uh, of teen suicide and depression uh, they don't seem to be going down. So, as I said, this is a twelve year old. So it, it had me looking. I said, "Well, 
I need to I need to try to wrap my head around this a little bit. So I did a just a, a little bit of research and I came across I came across a site which is uh, mentalhealthamerica.net and they have a a wide range of uh, of resources and, and programs and, and data and a part of that data was a youth ranking so this is uh, the states with the high with high rankings have lower prevalence of mental illness and higher rates of access to care for youth and lower rankings indicate that youth have higher prevalence of mental illness and lower rates of access to care so for those who are uh, local listeners, for your information, Illinois is ranked 18th, while Virginia, where this took place, is ranked 45th. Now, uh, the seven measures that make up the youth ranking, these are interesting. They include, number one, youth with, youth with at least one past-year major depressive episode, which they refer to as an MDE. Two, youth with dependence or abuse of illicit drugs or alcohol. Number three, youth with severe major depressive episodes. Number four, youth with major depressive episodes who did not receive mental health services. Hmm. Number five, youth with severe major depressive episodes who receive some consistent treatment. Six, children with private insurance that did not cover mental or emotional problems. And seven, students identified with emotional disturbance for an individualized education program. So, first of all, to give you a little more context, uh, Radio Islam family, a major depressive episode is a period characterized by the symptoms of major depressive disorder, primarily depressed mood for two weeks or more, and a loss of interest or pleasure in everyday activities accompanied by other symptoms such as feelings of emptiness, hopelessness, anxiety, worthlessness, guilt and or irritability, changes in appetite, problems concentrating, remembering details or making decisions, and thoughts of or attempts at suicide, insomnia or hyperinsomnia or hypersomnia, aches, pains, or, or digestive problems that are resistant to treatment may also be present. So uh, these descriptions have uh, been formalized in psychiatric diagnostic criteria such as the uh, DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th uh, edition. So uh, now this is from a Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia entry. Just to also put this in further context as to the uh, as to the magnitude and the toll that this actually takes it's an unseen toll uh, because we don't see the person we don't really see the problem but it says that significant emotional pain and economic uh, and economic costs are associated with depression so in the United States and Canada the costs associated with major depression are comparable to those related to heart disease diabetes, and back problems, and are greater than the cost of hypertension. 
So according to the Nordic Journal of Psychiatry, there's a direct correlation between major depressive episodes and unemployment. Now, if anybody who has, who has traveled uh, in, the, in, the, in the city in those areas where the homeless are known to congregate, uh, these are people who are basically, I would say, a tremendously high percentage because I, I, a part of, you know, of the work that I've done has been to service, uh, to provide some services for these people. Uh, and these men and women often have mental health concerns, uh, issues that they have not received treatment for. Or if they are receiving treatment, or medication, or if they've been diagnosed, the only time that they have access uh, to whatever medications that they need is unfortunately in the correctional system. So I believe we may have even had a conversation about this before on air where we mentioned that the largest provider of mental health care in the Chicagoland area is the Cook County Jail. So there, that in itself points to a to a broken system. Um, and I said there's a problem that exists that we don't realize because we don't see the pro- people with the problem. So when a person doesn't show up to work because they have, because they are suffering with severe depression, because they are dealing with the symptoms of, de- of depression, but they don't realize that that's what they're dealing with, whether it be insomnia or um, you know, the, the appetite loss or whatever the, the symptom, however, however uh, it may present itself, they are, they are in a position where there's going to be an economic uh, consequence to that, um, uh, to that situation. So for those of you who are interested, who are looking for Muslim mental health care professionals, I mentioned earlier that I attended uh, AMPS, which is uh, American Muslim Health Professionals, uh, their annual dinner yesterday. Uh, you can log on to their website, and that is www.amhp.us, and uh, you can use their resource to help you find uh, to help you find a Muslim healthcare professional. Uh, they have. Um, uh, they, they basically, they leverage the resources uh, and capacity of, of its over, I believe, 7,000 Muslim health care practitioners. And their goal is to not just improve the health of the Muslim communities that they serve, but their goal is stated. You should, you know, take a moment yourself and look at their website. But their goal is to improve health care for all Americans. Okay, so you can find out more about them at their website. Uh, and that is www.amhp.us. Now, it's becoming unfortunate that, I shouldn't say it's not becoming, it is unfortunate that it's becoming less and less common um, to see surprise when we find out or when we hear that a young person has taken their own life. Uh, As a matter of fact, according to the CDC, between the years of 2007 and 2015, suicide rates doubled among teen girls and by more than 30%. They went up by more than 30% among teen boys. So I'll tell you, going back to that 
12-year-old that they are investigating, they are treating it as a suicide attempt, that really brought the work that um, that brought the work that we are that we are doing that we're engaged in here even into more focus um, with regard to the crisis text line. Uh, it makes it all the more relevant, all the more relevant, uh, and and that much more important that we are a part of the part of the answer. Now, I mentioned that the, uh, Illinois is number 18, right, on the list that, that was given. Uh, West Virginia was number 45. But the point is, there is no exaltation in being at the upper middle, you know. Uh, every state, all of our youth should be getting the the care that they need. They should be they should have the resources uh, and the support that they need to make sure that they are sound physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, and spiritually. So you all have heard us talk about this for you know the past couple of weeks is one of the one of the things that uh, that the Sound Vision family, uh, which Radio Islam is a part of, is is attempting to do um, on November twelfth. And that is, you know, at our annual fundraising dinner, uh, we will be launching a crisis text line, which is the the first of its kind. We are, um, metaphorically, as we speak, uh, there are Muslim counselors who are being trained uh, to communicate with our young and the young at heart uh, in ways that, you know, that reflect the, the trends in communication today. So we know more people text, you know, unfortunately, calling and, and writing, uh, it seems to be more and more of a, I don't want to say a lost uh, custom or a lost art, because there are still phone calls being made, but the reality is we are, we are texting a lot more than we are actually making face-to-face uh, contact. So it has changed the way we communicate and, and understanding that we have a platform that is going to allow us to meet people where they are, uh, in particular, our young people, you know, who are more prone to text, you know, more, I mean, you know, I've got three daughters myself, and that's pretty much all they do. I don't get a phone call unless it's, you know, Daddy, I need this, uh, and half the time that comes in a text also. So we're planning to launch this, this crisis text line on November 12th. Your support to help us to be a part of the solution is is greatly is greatly appreciated. It's it's uh, greatly needed. Uh, you can go to www.soundvision.com and you can get out more information about uh, what we're doing. You can get more information about the dinner. Uh, it's important as I, you know, wind us down, uh, just to remember the impact that unfortunately that Islamophobia has um, the impact of uh, of racism the the impact of you know the impact of bigotry you know on our young people you know as adults it's unfortunate I'll tell you a real real quick story so on the way back from Baltimore my wife and I we flew in for the day we're coming back home and I'll give you the the, the short of it 
as we were on the plane, the, the plane is, people are continuing to board, and there's a little Caucasian girl. I'm, my wife and I are in the seat, it's one seat open, and she walks by, and the stewardesses, uh, I don't think they're called stewardesses anymore. They're called, I think they're host? Flight attendants, I'm so sorry. See, I dated myself right there with that. So the flight attendant, she's trying to find her seat because the, the plane is filling up, and she says, okay, well, you can sit right here. And she looks over. She cuts her eye over at me and, and uh, my wife, and she goes, I don't want to sit there. She's like, well, it's an empty seat. And she's looking around for seats, and she's, I don't want to sit there. And I'm like, wow, right? Now, the only reason that this stuck with me, right, I, wouldn't prob- I probably would not have paid too much attention to it if it, if it had not been for the fact that she was with a group of about 30 who appeared to have been on some type of a trip, and each, every one of them had on some type of a Great America, uh, not Great America, Make America Great Again uh, hat or shirt, and here I fall victim to my own, to my own uh, assumption, my own prejudice, as if to say that those who display that type of, um, those who put those hats on, everything else that they have, they come from a particular mindset, that they have a particular value set that does not include me, or a worldview that does not include me as a, as a Muslim, as a, as a black man. Um, it could have just been that she didn't want to sit next to the strange guy that she didn't know, right? It could have just been that. But in the context of where we are right now, um, it's very easy to make the assumption that it's the latter. But you know what? What do, as Muslims we say, you know, uh, God knows best. Allahu alam. You know, God is the best knower. I don't know what was in her heart, but I do know the the climate that we're in right now, and I know how it affects. If these little things prickle at us as adults, we know that we have agency and we can advocate for ourselves. We have to know how they affect. They affect our children on a much greater level because they they lack agency often. Uh, they are dependent upon us, uh, their teachers. They are dependent upon uh, those adults in their lives to uh, to advocate for them. So this is a effort. This is an attempt for us to do to provide some some relief, some small portion of relief uh, to our youth who are, they're doing the best that they can. So we have to do what we can uh, to help them, to provide for them, for their safety and for their well-being all around. All right. So Radio Slime family, we won't belabor that point, but we will uh, continue to ask for your support. Uh, and we, once again, we uh, we pray for the, for the well-being of that a uh, young person, I think it was a, a young young male, uh, and we you know, send our uh, sincere condolences to uh, the family uh, of the young lady who lost her life. So you're listening to Radio Islam at WCV 1450. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with you in just a minute. <laughs>
Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh. He's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night, but those guys snuck up on me to try and pull the hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement, even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs, and that was a mistake, because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw, by Jeff Kenny. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library, and visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. On November 12th, Radio Islam will be hosting a benefit dinner held at Ashton Place in Willowbrook, Illinois. Our keynote speaker is Professor John Esposito, a long-standing ally of the Muslim community. We'll also feature an exhibit by the late Jack Shaheen. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com. Radio Islam is the first live daily radio show by Muslims. People are always talking about Muslims. It's time we talk back. Let, let that soak in. We need to get our energy back up. You're listening to Radio Slime at WCEV 1450 AM. And we are streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. Don't forget to check us out at www. Mm, it's a lot of W's. Okay, let's slow it down. www.radioislam.com where you can see guest bios, articles, photos, and a lot more. Our site is still up and awaiting your perusal. So happy Monday. Um, I'm going to share just a quick bit of uh, useless information with you, uh, you know, because that's, that's what family does. And then I'm going to turn it over to my brother, uh, Ibrahim. I just had a wheat thin, and I have not had a wheat thin in years. And these don't taste like the wheat thins that I remember, the old wheat thins, they were like, they were just like, like, like you was actually just eating a tree, you know, it was it was not good. Assalamualaikum, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, we were talking <laughs> about wheat thins. Yeah. Um, I was debating between getting a wheat thin and a triscuit. I've had triscuits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a while though. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we'll try them next time. Yeah, we? yeah. <laughs> Okay, let, let's let's get to the to the business at hand. I'm gonna turn it over to you. I'm gonna enjoy this week then. All right. <laughs> well, basically, what happened today? The big news today. There's a there's a lot of news today. A lot of stuff happening around the world. But the biggest news in the United States was the indictment that was issued against uh, Paul Manafort and him, one of his associates by the name of Richard Gates. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need us 
to tell our listeners what's going on here, but uh, we wanted to mention that. And I wanted to read actually a couple of lines or a couple of paragraphs from the indictment itself that was issued by the Department of Justice. Um, This is all happening under the investigation launched by Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Yeah. Right? And it all goes back to uh, when Comey was fired by President Trump, James Comey. The same person who, uh, I mean, according to some people, made Hillary lose the election by coming out with the things. And, yeah, that was uh, questionable. Uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Was, yeah, yeah. But this was the same person who, when he started investigating people in the Trump administration, mm-hmm. uh, he was fired by President Trump. Right. Now, that was kind of where this whole story started. Um, and it's still ongoing. Okay. So I'll read. So Robert, um, sorry, uh, Paul Manafort, who was the former campaign manager, I believe, uh, yeah, one of the top guys in the Trump campaign, uh, obviously pretty close and a pretty important person to the president. Um, there were, I think, 12 counts, 12 counts in this indictment. The very first count, count one, is conspiracy against the United States. So I'll read a bit of that. Game over. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> it sounds like it, right? It sounds like game over. Conspiracy against the United States. But let's see. So it says, from, in, or about, and between 2006 and 2017, both dates being approximate and inclusive, in the District of Columbia and elsewhere, the defendants, Paul J. Manafort Jr. and Richard W. Gates III, together with others, knowingly and intentionally conspired to defraud the United States by impending, impairing, obstructing, and defeating the lawful governmental functions of a government agency, namely the Department of Justice and the Department of the Treasury, and to commit offenses against the United States, to wit the violations of law charged in counts 3 through 6 and 10 through 12. Um, That was part of count 1. Count two is conspiracy to launder money. Uh, there's a lot of things here. Uh, I will jump to count ten, unregistered agent of a foreign principal. In paragraph 47, from, in, or about, and between 2008 and 2014, both dates being approximate and inclusive within the District of Columbia and elsewhere, the defendants, Paul J. Manafort Jr. and Richard W. Gates III, knowingly and and willfully, without registering with the Attorney General as required by law, acted as agents of a foreign principal, to wit, the government of Ukraine, the party of regions, and Yanukovych. Count 11, false and misleading uh, FARA statements. Count, the final count, count 12, just false statements. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. Now, I believe... Reading the news today, the president actually tweeted, and what all of his uh, followers are saying is that no, 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 this is all happening like way before the campaign and everything. But actually, count one on paragraph 38 lists that from in or about in between 2006 and 2017. Right. So this 2017 is after the campaign, right? right? After the election is already won. Um, so that's one thing. Now, what I also want to talk about is in the spirit of neutrality and staying unbiased. All right. 
I do think there are some questions here. I will say that there's this kind of uh, there's a pitch, right? There's a scenario that Democrats and Hillary supporters and everyone who generally hates Trump wants to uh, make materialize, right? Yeah. Which is this? I'll just say the most um, like the most tangible scenario that they want people to believe, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Donald Trump and his top aides sitting around with Vladimir Putin, you know, conspiring in, in this way to to get Trump elected, right? right? Mm-hmm. This very concrete thing. Now, I, looking at this, it doesn't seem like that has materialized yet, but it's clear that there's something very uh, shady going on. Um, so that has yet to be seen. What What's going to actually come out of this? Is it going to be just kind of quote-unquote run-of-the-mill corruption mm-hmm. right there's people dealing with a lot of money and different uh, political parties and different monetary entities and so forth so there's some corruption going on is well, that got one guy they already have one um one guilty uh-huh. admission already yes you're referring to uh what's his name Gates. papadopoulos papadopoulos oh. george papadopoulos yeah yeah yeah, yeah that? that's another thing that's very so there's let me, let me make a quick, just a quick side reference. George Papadopoulos, and this is also dating myself. Anybody who remembers Webster, wasn't that the guy's name? Do you remember Webster? With yeah, Emmanuel I remember Webster. It rings a bell. That, I, what, I think that was his dad's name. It might have been. George Papadopoulos. It rings a bell. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's useless we'll information. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the real stuff. But yeah, but he... he he took a guilty plea mm-hmm. already. So people are speculating. Yeah, was it a guilty plea or did he just admit something else? Well, he, he admitted that he um, he admitted that he lied uh, to, I believe, two federal agents. I don't know to what extent, mm-hmm. but uh, they were saying that they've they've got three indictments and one is already admitting guilt to, mm-hmm. you know to what we'll see yeah so there's something very um there's corruption going on right yeah well nobody disputes that what trump's supporters are saying and what versus what dnc supporters are saying is very it's two different scenarios you know trump supporters are basically and the president himself are just trying to brush this off like you know Mm -hmm. um this happened before the election and this and that while people on the other side are saying, oh, this is it, you know, this is how it starts and we're getting ready to impeach and everything. So it's kind of two extremes. I will say that that scenario, that dream scenario of the DNC where, (laughs) you know, Trump is sitting around with Putin and they're conspiring how to get Hillary in trouble and stuff like that, that has, we have a long way to go before that materializes. But um, gears are turning and things are happening. And um, we'll just have to wait and see. I wish we could get an analyst on here. Mm-hmm. This is another problem, though. Yeah. That any analyst we will get on here, uh, chances are they'll be very biased in one direction or the other, right? Sure. It's hard to find anything yeah. they thought. That's what I'm afraid is. of, is that if we get one, yeah. I mean, well, even we just have an- to get two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, there you we go. just have to get two. And the truth is somewhere in between. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, we'll see what we can do, inshallah. Yeah. The last thing I would say to that is, if we, if you really love, um, 
as a citizen, if you if you if you really have the best interests of uh, our nation at heart, then you don't want to see that dream scenario. Right. Uh, you you don't want to see that uh, by no means, but you do want to see if there's corruption. You want to root it out. Uh, I saw somebody make a joke about uh, the, the the Democrats have been pushing for this investigation for so long, and the only thing they've shown is their own. Uh, unearth is their own corruption, <laughs> their own scandals. <laughs> but, you know, the, the truth is the truth. And wh- wh- however it uh, comes down, I'm good with that. You know? So, uh, anything else? Man? That would be it for now. We'll keep you updated. Okay. Inshallah. All right. Inshallah. So, we're going to. Are we? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a short break, Radio Slam family. Uh, I'm going to give you our number again. All right, because time is winding down and uh, you don't have much longer. So 312-750-1178, 312-750-1178. We're going to take a really short break and we'll be right back. We're going to get into the whitefish. That's not the fish you eat. It's, it's different, whitefish. All right, we'll be right back. You're so annoying. You're so annoying. Stop copying stop me. Stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop copying me. Mom, tell her to stop talking to me. Kids will spend 10 minutes copying everything their sibling says. You're such a You're doofus. You're such a doofus. How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. I have the time. Mom! Mom. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take this time to breathe deeply and close your eyes. Right now, you're completely in control. Unlike the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you tried removing those raccoons from the basement. Concentrate on the soothing sound of my voice. Release the memory of when you wrestled with that beehive in your son's treehouse. Let go of the time you thought that skunk was a cat, or when you pulled into the garage with your son's bike on top of the car. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, Radio Slime family. I don't think uh, I don't think I've heard that one before. That's that's new. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard it. your your mic was was. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, you've heard it before. You just wasn't paying attention." <laughs> so, um, welcome back, Radio Slime family. Uh, we're gonna close out uh, this this last segment of the show tonight's show. And just talk a little bit about whitefish. So as everybody who um, whose eyes have been open uh, knows that 
uh, Puerto Rico has been still dealing with uh, the effects of Hurricane Maria. And a part of that is uh, the great majority of the, um, of the island is without power. So there was a $300 million no-bid contract given to a uh, what is described as a two-man operation, Whitefish uh, Power out of uh, Montana. And that has been all of the, uh, all of the rage, uh, a lot of conversation around it. So I want to play a quick clip, and uh, and just talk about that for, uh, you know, for for a few minutes. So, Hundred million dollar contract right. with Whitefish Energy to restore power to the island. The head of Puerto Rico's power company, Prepa, estimates the cancellation will now delay power restoration by 10 to 12 weeks. Citizens, elected officials, and FEMA administrators had raised repeated questions about that contract. They wanted to know how such a large contract was awarded to a small Montana company. Whitefish Energy says it is disappointed by the decision. David Begnell visited the company's headquarters in Montana. He joins us now from Los Angeles with the latest on the story. David, good morning. Gail, good morning. When that confirmation is official, it's going to take about 30 days to go into effect. Now, Whitefish has already been paid about $11 million. They've billed for another $10 million, and it could take an additional 10 to send all the Whitefish workers back home to the mainland. So that would be about $30 million of a $300 million contract. And remember, while we're talking about all this, 70% of Puerto Rico is still in the dark this morning. It's interfering with, uh, with everything, it's, and it doesn't go uh, towards the best interest of the people of Puerto Rico. Governor Ricardo Rosselló has praised PREPA's decision to cancel the contract with Whitefish Energy. But San Juan Mayor Carmen Yulene Cruz, who was an early and fierce critic of the contract, says it needs to be voided entirely due to a single clause. The people of Puerto Rico would still have to pay something called a reasonable profit on top of everything that they have already been charged. The outcry began after revelations that a $300 million no-bid contract to repair Puerto Rico's devastated power grid had been awarded to Whitefish Energy. At the time of Hurricane Maria, it was said to be a two-person operation based in Whitefish, Montana, the hometown of U.S. Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke. We went there looking for the company's headquarters. We found what's believed to be the headquarters here in rural Montana, but it looks like a private residence. This two-bedroom house in a remote area of northwestern Montana is where the energy company calls home. After signing the deal, Whitefish hired 350 workers. All right. So I'm sure many of you have already heard this or stories like this before. And the reason that I wanted to uh, bring it up is to ask a question. Now, if anybody is, hmm, do you think that it makes sense for a company that small to get a contract that big? What do you think, Abraham? Yeah. <laughs> See, now he's not listening. <laughs> do you think it makes sense for a company that small to get a, a contract that big? Well, it seems... I, I don't know. It just seems a little bit strange mm-hmm. um, that this company in the middle of nowhere would get such a contract, in, a big contract in Puerto Rico. But then again, I don't know how, you know, to what extent that this company is uh, experienced in this area or, or whatever. But, yeah, it's a little bit strange just off the top. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I'll say this. I also have a um, – I'm a tradesman also, right? So talking to a guy who's got like like 30 different jobs. But um, I'm a local on iron worker, right? So obviously I'm not iron working right now, but that's my trade. I'm a journeyman iron worker. And I have seen how big companies, they'll get a job and then they subcontract it out. I've never – to smaller companies, but I've never seen – a company where it's just you and your buddy Chuck and you get a job this big and then you subcontract it out. I've never seen and then no bid for that's for that on that scope, that's just um that's just unheard of. I can see why why people are upset. Yeah, that's that's a very suspicious thing where it's just a no bid contract. Yeah, yeah. And from the same city, not the same city, but the same state as the uh, interior uh secretary. Right, so they're they're in a they're in a they're in a bad space right now. I think it was the same city actually, the same city too, city and state. I think that's what they said. I'll make sure. Okay, well, Radio Slime family, what do you think? Do you think they're picking on the little guy and not letting, not letting the small business owner giving them a fair shake, or is it, or is it, is it prejudice? Are they are they, are they blocking them out? Or is it a matter of uh, keeping a job like that with such uh, with such impact and such importance, uh, keeping it in the hands of those who've already demonstrated they have the ability to to work on that on that scale? So I mean, it's at seventy percent of the island is without power. So I mean, those are you know those are those are huge numbers. Uh, and I don't know if they said what the the targeted um, uh, the targeted completion date for the work is. Uh, I guess that remains to be seen. I know that I also heard uh, was it Governor uh, Cuomo uh, from New York. He was uh, he was talking about basically lending or sending out their uh, their uh, linesmen, their uh, uh, power folks, and uh, and having them join the you know, join the efforts there. It's an operation based in Whitefish, Montana, the hometown of U.S. Interior Secretary okay. Ryan Zinke. All right, there it is. There it is. The hometown. And, and they don't know each other. I mean, it just it just looks suspect. Somebody somebody uh, is, is going to be resigning uh, over this one. So, but we shall see. So anyway, Radio Slam family, we have come down... Uh, to the close, we want to go ahead and remind you of a few things. Uh, as I mentioned, I said I got 30 different jobs. Um, but I am appearing in a play, the very end of the play. Uh, come on out to Chicago State on November 11th at 6 p.m. Uh, to the Brakey Theater and see the play In Spite Of. Uh, it's original produc- production, and it is being put on by the Takwa Theater Ensemble. Uh, it's a really good play. It's about family. It's it's conflict. Uh, there's a mother who is, uh, unfortunately, you know, she's uh, she's an abusive mother. Uh, there is a performing arts school that's being shut down by an unethical reporter who is trying to make a name for herself. Uh, there's some songs and violins, and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a great production. So you can get tickets at Eventbrite. Uh, just look for in spite of. And um, we'd love to see you. Don't forget about us uh, at Radio Islam, November 12th, 
at Ashton Place in Willowbrook. You can go to Sound Vision and get your tickets, or you can go to Eventbrite also. And this is that time of year because we probably have another six or seven uh, events that are going on in the Muslim community. Uh, and that's why my joke was funny, even though it wasn't funny. When I said, why are there so many Muslims that are engineers, doctors, and lawyers? And it's because they have to pay for fundraising season from October to the end of the year. Uh, and it is real. Uh, this weekend, I believe it's this Saturday, uh, November 4th, the CIOGC is having their uh, annual fundraising dinner. Uh, so uh, I plan to be there. Hope to see some of you guys there. Um, they've got a great keynote speaker that's going to be um, just a, a dynamic uh, presentation uh, is, is, head up, uh, is set up. And, uh, you know, many of you know the, the great work that CIOGC does. So that being said, who is our engineer for the night over at uh, Ramon. Ramon. Ramon? All right. Thank you, Ramon, uh, for doing what you do over there. Make sure we come through loud and clear. Uh, Leonard has finally gotten a day off. Uh, seems like I've been saying his name for the past at least the four or five, uh, last four or five shows. So thanks, Ramon, uh, our engineer uh, and co-host, co-producer in studio, Ibrahim Baig, uh, the impressive one. Uh, I am your uh, producer, co-producer, uh, your host, Tariq el And, oh, let's not forget our executive producer, Abdul Malik Mujahid. And as always, we want to make sure that if anybody is listening that wants to, uh, wants to complain, the views expressed by the host, co-host, guest, anybody else, uh, they are their views and should not be taken as the views of Sound Vision. Um, it has been a great time hanging out with you, uh, Radio Slam family. We look forward to uh, getting with you tomorrow for another lively uh, show. Don't forget to stop by Sound Vision and get tonight's uh, episode and podcast form tomorrow uh, and, and scroll through. As a matter of fact, I was the artist profile for last Friday. All right. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, it's, it's, it's right on there. So I'm going to leave you. As I greeted you, be safe, be well. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. <laughs>